This podcast is presented by the Earth Hotel. the advice and discussion podcast about tabletop gaming i am wesley franks i'm michael dotty and i don't have the clap <laughs> i'm dash holman and you'll never know i'm alex kitson and now i am worried i'm jackie cotillard and i am the clap how we doing everybody fucking tired man we're post-campaign and, <laughs> and woozy knocking out two and one so we just finished up our campaign our little arc of shadow run initial thoughts everybody weird very weird it's a weird. very strange setup for a system i enjoyed it when it was in my favor and i did not enjoy it at all when it was not so just like any other tabletop yeah game, but it was so much more so and i'm pretty sure i probably said this in in the setup but i've, I've played shadow run the video game the crpg or the rts i played well i've played the uh, like the original video game which on the super, super nintendo? nintendo and then i've also played um was it the xbox 360 no 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 uh pc oh it's got a it's got a certain name but Is i forget it the hong kong one yeah, yeah 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 i've played that as well and i don't rem- I, I remember them both being kind of weird i don't remember them being quite as complicated and maybe it's just that they were streamlined a little differently yeah um i i do remember them being a bit weird yeah but this was like way more than i had expected it it was so i've i've played previous editions of Shadowrun, and yeah. i've never been a fan and with this with this newer one i kind of like it. it it's almost like going back into like your isometric rpgs uh, until you find thacko again Oh god. And then just quit and go back to newer shit. Yeah. The last couple of editions for for Shadowrun have been clunky as fuck. Yeah. This one streamlined it a good bit. You're still using a lot of D6s, but it's really not that bad. Uh Jackie, as this being your first ever tabletop role-playing game you oh, played. Oh god. Jeez. How was it? Uh, besides the rain, the constant rain that the I had to add into any outside interaction. <laughs> thankfully, I, I retconned in the fact that the mansion had a dome like the Nick had, so there yeah. was no rain at the mansion. I liked it. I, I like all the different dynamics that are at play, mm-hmm. but I don't have anything to compare it to as far as like clunky gameplay or other things. I like the tech. Yeah. Uh, I liked the different things you had to accomplish were kind of complicated and that you had to remember a lot of different combinations of, yeah, or have right. your DM remember a lot of different combinations of things. Other than that, I like the, the premise of it. We didn't do a ton of Matrix stuff, which I understand because it's lengthy and complicated. Very much so. So if I played it with a bunch of other people, then my opinion might change. We did, I think, one Matrix scene. Yeah. Well, and the setting obviously is awesome. I mean, it's just, it's fun. I mean, you know, if you're a fan of like Blade Runner or any any sort of cyberpunk in general, I mean, it's super badass. I honestly, the, the number of dice... I, I get accused of being a min-maxer for sure, and I'm fine with doing that because I'm 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 still trying to play a character when I min-max. It's just that I try to make, you know, I'm just making my stats the best that I can. But this was crazy broken with min-maxing because, like, I, you know, I, I was playing a troll, and I put everything 
almost everything into my body and into my weapons and stuff like that. And I was just making completely insane rolls, which I mean, I appreciate the, you know, the results of that. It's just, it kind of took the challenge out of it. Like I didn't realize how overpowered that was going to be. Well, I think this is an interesting system because when you're building your character, it almost feels like it's forcing you to mid max to a certain extent because you're meant to rely on the other player's strengths. Like I didn't feel bad min maxing my character because I knew like I was the face character, even though it was terrible being a face character. I was a face character. I knew somebody else would pick up the slack for everything else I couldn't do. I had literally no attack. I don't feel like the min-maxing is forced on you. I, I think more so uh, because we were in a crunch just to get these characters put together for this thing. That's uh, fair. We, we kind of forced it. it. It was the obvious choice to do that. Uh, I think more so that uh, Shadowrun on a whole and a couple of other systems like it that have that long list of specializations more or less mean for you to put a lot of points into multiple things, way more than you're used to. Like, if you're playing D&D, mm, you have yeah. a set list of skills, uh, like skill checks that are attributed to different things. If you're playing Savage Worlds, you can have a lot of skills, sure, but you're not going to pump, uh, pump a lot of meat into them. When you have uh, Savage Worlds, you have, again, a huge fucking list of uh, skills that aren't going to be attributed to your class you, all the time. You mean uh, Shadowrun? You said Savage Worlds twice. My bad. Right? Shadowrun. So you build to your character, but you still want some stuff outside of that box. You can also make up skills in Shadowrun. That's the thing. It's like, they're like... Here's are these suggested skills. You can also come up with some skills if you want to, if they fit your character. Savage Worlds suggests that as well, but it's there's so many. The skills cover enough bases that usually there's yeah. not a reason to. I, I personally found building a character in Shadowrun to be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, probably just because I mostly play D&D and Savage Worlds. They're still pretty structured. You're still pretty limited on what you can do. And this was just kind of like a, eh, what do you want to do? And I was like, eh, that's... That's a lot of options right there. I'd make the argument that it's structured to make you super specific. Yeah. Because yeah. it's such a wide open world and there's so much to, to do. There's so many different facets of it. Like we did a bunch of ghost stuff. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on ghosts and we spent almost no time on matrix stuff, which yeah. is pretty complicated and requires, a, and, and it only involves a couple of, it would only involve the two of us. So yeah, there wasn't an, Dottie, yeah. a lot of opportunity to do that. Uh, but I think it's, designed more to do long-term stuff. Like you're supposed to start right. almost min-maxed and then balance your characters out. As you, as you level up, yeah. As you yeah. grow, then you would start you start seeing where your weak points are, where you, where you need to fill those gaps in. It's a complex world. That, that or uh, before running a campaign with it, advisor players, like, give them a hint of, here's what we're going to be probably going for mm -hmm. in this campaign. Build towards it. Or give them an idea of what they should take as like standard things you need yeah. to have yeah. to play the game. Like in Sa in Savage Worlds games, you always want to have notice. Like you you don't want to play a character that has no notice. So you always take the skill notice. Mahanan's the first time I've ever taken notice. Yeah. 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 Dottie's never taken notice as a skill. I, I, I find it to be a too. mostly useless skill, but a lot of people love having that. I don't think I could play Savage Worlds without notice. And that it's one of the reasons why I focus so much. Like, I did perception, negotiation, con, performance. Like, a lot of things where I could figure stuff out in different ways. Because in my mind, the way you described the game was, it was a lot of, like, you had to use your intelligence to figure out clues about what was going on. And that's the thing with Shadowrun that, as it compares to other systems that we've talked about and that we've played in, is that, like, 
Shadowrun is investigative. It's it's critical thinking yeah. more so to to a, to a higher degree than like a lot of times in D and D or Savage Worlds or anything else. It's a lot of I'm gonna hit something or I'm gonna cast a spell on something to solve yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. And there's these certain like I you can compile these games of like D and D Pathfinder that kind of stuff into a mix. And then over here you have role play heavy, and that's like. World of Darkness games, like Werewolf, Vampire, uh, the uh, Fate system. Yeah, Fate system, Dark Heresy, Shadowrun goes into that. Yeah, I was about to say, you're, if you don't say Dark Heresy in the next 10 seconds, die is going to get really offended. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, as, as a D20, Call of Cthulhu. A, uh, then there's another branch that is critical thinking and puzzle-solving mm-hmm. games, which is Dark Heresy, Call of Cthulhu, and Shadowrun. Wad games, World of Darkness games, focus more on role play and narrative stuff. Yeah, and like so does Fate and like uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. Rely heavily on theater of the mind. Yeah, theater of the mind. And while you have investigative, I, I would like to make to point out a difference between investigation, uh, investigative, and puzzle because yeah. I would say systems like Dungeons and Dragons are better at just like puzzles, whereas like what you're saying with Dark Heresy and Call of Cthulhu and things and Shadowrun investigation more about not necessarily just a simple puzzle, but more about like bringing all of the unraveling. Whereas like, yeah. Whereas, whereas like I would say in terms of puzzles, I would say like Dungeons and Dragons is a little bit better in just like designing just a simple puzzle. You know what I mean? Oh, and Dash hates puzzles. Oh, but Dash. Yeah, I hate. I mean, there's definitely a difference between like a one-time mechanical puzzle to get to the goal you're getting to versus a mystery that spans an entire yeah. arc. Right, yeah. So we can say that you guys playing it generally favorable towards the system. It was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fine. As running the game, as the Mr. Johnson or the gamekeeper of the game, I fucking hated it. <laughs> Boom. Take that, internet. You can come and at me on Twitter, at the Shred Pirate. Shadowrun can suck my nuts. No, okay, okay. Well, not that far. But like, it's fine. no, no, it's it fine. can, it can, it can suck his nuts. It can, it can gently kiss his nuts. As a system, it's fine. But like, as I was like looking up the system, I read the book like six times to understand yeah. the system to run it. Because what you guys had to understand was like all this stuff that was complicated. Yeah, I had to fucking learn this system, and it sucked. I have to second him on this because I did read the book. And as a person who plays a lot of war games and plays a lot of, a lot of role-playing games, most of those games that I like to play are, are British and made. And British books fucking suck as a rule. They're really unnecessarily uh, complex or unnecessarily, like, horribly organized. Yeah, because you would have a graph to something. They're like, here's the graph to skills. But the skills chapter was three pages ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, why is your graph on a wholly different, like, section it was that it was kind of incredible how the, the 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 kind of page skipping you had to do to figure out anything about what you were doing it's one of my favorite examples of this is a british wargaming book for like bolt action for soviets yeah. there are some rules for that army that are not located anywhere in the rules section they're located in like paragraphs of like hey here's a cool interesting historical fact with a little bit of a rule in the middle of it yep on like the second that's page insane. of the goddamn book. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's British organizing books. That's something that um, you can see also in Dark Heresy. When we first started yeah. playing Dark Heresy, you pointed that out. It's a great system, but goddamn. So what stuff did you personally have trouble with, like in particular, with like, what kind of scenes did, what could the viewer relate to? So as I was like running the game and stuff like that, it was being a dice pool game, 
not having a game master screen because I'm used to having one of those, or I'm used to like well, like systems like D and D or Savage Worlds. I know the skills off the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. With y'all, I had to like say, I would always say like perception check or something like that, and you're like, or I'd say like uh, give me a stealth check. And you're like a uh, sneaking check. It's like the different names for the skills and knowing what attribute goes with what skill because you had to roll them together. That's something like keep a a cheat sheet on hand so you can keep all those skills in handy. The problem with the system is that there are so many. Yeah. And that's and that's like without, you know, introducing personal ones that you like created yourself or something. There are dozens of skill options. So it's as, so, as the, not the person who ran it. It does seem like it would be impossible to keep yeah. up with. I had multiple tabs up on my computer at all times. When I would look on the internet for like beginner's tips to running Shadowrun or to like to like to GMing Shadowrun, the first on all of these lists, it's like give up, don't, don't, don't do it. Top ten tips for beginning GMs for Shadowrun. Number one, find another system. Here is a list of systems that have the cyberpunk God setting damn. in mind. Stars Without Numbers has a cyberpunk setting. Uh, Interface Zero with a Savage Worlds. Uh, Tech Noir and uh, Mech Noir. They're, they're mech cyberpunk Jesus. game. Battletech. Uh, Battletech. Uh, there's also a Powered by the Apocalypse game. They recommended all these different games. Cyberpunk 2077, which is a game that hasn't been updated since the 90s. Yeah. And they're recommending that over the latest edition of Shadowrun because they are all less complicated than Shadowrun. And then they would go into tips on how to run Shadowrun. Another thing, initiative combat, unnecessarily complicated. Really doesn't need to be. I was keeping track of initiative when you guys were running combat, so you guys have to roll attacks. I have to roll a dodge action. And so either you miss or you hit, and I have to split that difference. I have to subtract, and then I have to take that degree and run it against their armor. And then Wes, you roll Wes, it's okay, man. I didn't, I didn't do well in calculus. We can stop that. And then you have initiative order, where you guys roll your initiative... And then you set up your initiative. You add it together, you set up your initiative. We go through the initiative order, then I subtract 10 to each of the initiative orders. And if there is any numbers left over from your initiative, you get to take another turn. That makes sense to me. And then you subtract 10 from it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's just an extra step. I mean, you, you could just roll initiative like a normal person. And just just roll, and then that's the order. Honestly, that's probably the simplest initiative I've ever heard of. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's better than D&D's initiative system. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it <laughs> really, Donnie? Add a number to it, and that's your initiative. And that's how you say in the initiative. That's uh, too time. complex. Plus is hard. I think there is an initiative that system that is more complicated than Shadowrun's. Uh, TMNT. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or also TSR's Marvel Superheroes. Yes. 19, late 80s, early 90s, tabletop role-playing. Game. If it's a comic book, the the initiative is way Well, harder. you know nobody's doing that on YouTube right now, <laughs> so that should be our next move. Yeah, let's go into positives. We've been... Shit. We've been shitting on Shadowrun for We've a while. We've got a whole back and forth, I guess. It was really nice rolling like 16 D6s at once. Just just the feel of that many dice in your hands. You really should play a war game once. Uh, I'm going to put something up against the microphone for the listeners at home. You hear that? That's the most satisfying sound to my ears, is that noise right there. And there's a reason why I spend so much fucking money on these little rolly boys right here. These different colored rolly boys is because I like to roll them. 
And so that is a positive to this game. Have or dice pool games like like Vampire the Masquerade Fifth Edition. I just ordered their Elder Bundle, which comes with all the supplements in the book nice. and a game master screen and dice. That's like specific vampire dice. Yeah, it's a dice pool game, D10, but it's not complicated. There's a oh, limit. I love There's World. A limit. I love World of Darkness. Yeah, World of Darkness is awesome. But I like, I'm like, I get more dice. I get to. Do you know how many dice I was rolling every time you said body and weapon? 24. Jesus. Oh my God. 24. Anytime summoning or spellcasting got thrown up, like it was around 22 dice, which is still less than like one squad. I put put 10 into body and I put 14 into bladed weapon. I will say another positive their DC, like their dice challenge rating in this game is really simple for me to understand. Setting a goal and like you have to meet or beat that. That's really good. They're really good. The problem is if you did min-max yourself the way I did, not really realizing how that would work out, it's really easy to break just yeah. about anything. Yeah. My positive is tied in with a with another shit on Shadowrun. And it's that long list of skills thing. I really like having that. Games that I love to play, Call of Cthulhu and Dark Heresy, both have that long-ass list of skills. Especially Call of Cthulhu. Especially Call yeah. of Cthulhu. Yeah. However, when you set up your skills, especially for weapons mm-hmm. or types of magic and shit, in the same way that like starting from Marwind shows you skills, like, are you good with a short sword or a long sword? Well, they're both swords. I'm, are you good with a bladed weapon? Are you good with a short blade? It's all fucking that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I practice uh, lightning magic. What kind of lightning magic do you do? And with Call of Cthulhu, I would argue you can pretty easily understand the practical exactly. application. Whereas with the, the list of skills for Shadowrun, it's like, I don't really know what some of these might be useful for or where they might come into play. Like, I guess it's maybe the benefit of Call of Cthulhu, mainly, I, particularly it's like 1920s, like, you know, like you're, you're looking at practical skills. Yeah versus like sci-fi skills and you're also looking at skills because they make you choose an occupation in call of cthulhu right yeah. what is your job and so you'll pick skills that related to your job and your lifestyle right. so it fits a little bit more as opposed to like Shadowrun, where you're like okay i'm a street samurai so i'm going to be good with weapons i know that but what kind of weapons okay is there anything else i'm good at like i gotta think of my backstory too or you're like i'm a face what am i good at Talking to people. Okay, am I good at anything else? I'm good at kisses. It, like, okay, yeah, okay, so I'm good at kisses. Am I good at... at I, got, I got 66 oh in kisses. Jackie, yeah. please, please isolate. I'm good at kisses from Wes. I want to <laughs> make that my text tone. I do think this is something I've only seen in, like, Shadowrun and uh, World of Darkness, which I believe are the only two of this type of game that I've played. I think it's interesting how you can argue that any skill you have is useful for whatever you're trying to do. That's not something that you can do as much in D&D or in Dark Heresy. A certain extent in Dark Heresy. But you can't really do it in Savage Worlds either. But like because there are so many skills available and you can only take so many of the skills, you can argue any skills like, well, this isn't exactly what I am doing, but I'm going to argue that this would benefit what I'm trying to do. And I like that... The system really encourages that. To a limit. I I still believe in that. Like, Shadowrun, yes. I I believe that for anything. If you can argue that this skill is useful in this situation in a way that makes sense, I might give you a shot. But I think it still 
goes to a point. Like I'm one of my skills on here, compiling. Uh, I'm going to use this in combat. How? Oh, um, I'm going to compile the bullets into my well, magazine. Well, you have to, you, I mean, obviously but you also ha- you'd be using that in like the matrix initiative. Yeah, sure. You, you have to, you have to make it make sense. Uh, uh, Klein and I have always called it lawyering. Yeah. And you've been lawyered. It's, uh, uh, well, and I think we actually, took yeah. uh, actually, yeah. but, uh, but it's game lawyering. I mean, you have to, you have to convince the DM that, that your logic for why something can do the, the thing you want it to do makes sense. And if you can't do that, then no, it's not going to make sense. This game yeah. is does at least give you, it does have so many options that it makes it so lawyering is a little bit easier because you can. It does. It does. Lawyering is very different in role-playing games as it is to every other game I've played. Yeah. Like the, the, the opposite in, in fact, like lawyering for a role-playing game is arguing to the DM why this is useful. Lawyering in any other game is going by the exact rules of the book. Right. Yeah. Well, this this game has like playing this has actually changed the way I play. Like, because we're playing in a D and D campaign with Klein, um, and it's changed the way that I approach things in that game. Because in this game, it is about arguing. Well, I can use this because that's relevant. And in our D and D campaign, I've started doing that. I'm like, well, I don't really have the skill I need to do this, but I have this other skill, and I'm going to argue that that is relevant enough that I can use it. Get in that 20, it might do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's always that. I will charm the lock off this chest. But this right. this has definitely changed the way I see gaming overall. All right, gang. Any other final thoughts on the system itself? Awesome setting. I guess fun to run if you want something that's going to be honestly fairly easy, as a player at least. I can't imagine how it runs as a DM, but as a player, it I didn't run into nearly any complications whatsoever. Super overcomplicated. It, I, I know there have to be systems that are cyberpunk that are way simpler than this. Oh, yeah. Running this system, there just weren't enough shadows. I took skills uh, in metaphilosophy, and those never popped up. Uh, what was Elrod's final fate with Clippy? I kind of left that ambiguous. Anyways, just in case Elrod could pop up. Again, okay, all right. I kind of had him set up as like a, a a future recurring enemy. He in real life found that mildly amusing. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I, I kept him updated and he uh, he listened to a little bit. He liked my impersonation of him. So that's yeah, good. That's, 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 that, that's nothing but love for John Elrod. But uh, what did you guys think of the plot, the overall plot, the, the, the events that happened, the setting, the characters? Besides everything that went wrong beyond our control? Yeah. It was pretty good. I, I actually really enjoyed the way that you took Birmingham, mm-hmm. which is a city that we all live in, obviously, but love a lot. And we put characters from our own lives into the game. It was a really interesting concept. Uh, it was fun to play around with, just like dealing with people we know in real life, but in a tabletop setting. I, I thought that was really well done. I think you did a great job with that. You played all the NPCs very well. So I was thrown off really, really heavily because it's not usually the theme that I like to play. But I, I got into it. All these people that we know in Birmingham, I don't know a single one of the people that we met in this game. Uh- <laughs> you bumped into them. Or in this case, two of our players end up having their ulterior motive. You didn't actually, Dottie, but I actually did have ulterior motives. And then you had to fake having your own. That was great. I mean, it, it kind of went off like Ocean's Eleven. 
Yeah. Like, he's just like, like, you, like, if you just, like, took it and you filmed this movie, you could see all the things going on where it's, like, that moment where you're holding the stone and Dottie's standing there, and you're like, you betrayed me. And he's like, no, not really. And it just, it does, like, a flashback of everything that Dottie's doing where he's actually helping you guys out as you go along, stuff like that. It's cool. I like it. That's why I like heist movies. I feel justified in my, my action in that moment, though, not only just because... Jackie had just betrayed us. It was it wasn't clear whether Dottie had betrayed us and You guys yeah. sent me in yeah. as the honeypot. I'm aware of that, but we also had the precedent that you were the person who got us into all of this to begin with. Yeah, you did. That's very true. Hey man, like it's it was, a good it was, coupon. Nobody else Not had only history. Had Jackie just betrayed us, but you were the reason this was even happening so it was just like no until you give me a clear and defined reason i should hand this to you it's mine jackie betraying me and then turning around and seeing Dottie, and it was like i knew that Dottie was supposed to be on our side and Dottie had been helping us there was just enough of the problem after jackie betraying us that it was just like which by the way jackie magnificent performance so well done you played very well i couldn't be certain and you didn't tell me precisely what you wanted to do with it therefore i couldn't trust you a nice friendly betrayal that landed you into the eternal loop at no point up until dash refusing to give me that stone did i have any intention of betraying you guys and i'm really happy with my decision i do honestly have to know did y'all just forget that I was the honey uh, honeypot? But that's the thing. You could, in, in, in that moment, you yeah. could have instead explained it to me instead of locking us in. True. Yeah, I never forgot that you were the honeypot, but you were so convincingly the honeypot, and I had seen so many people acting weirdly, and then the whole thing with Jackie happened. At that point, it was like, it's I don't trust anyone. Not. Yeah. It's okay. It's because you're so sweet, Dottie. Oh, thank you. Uh, I would like to ask for one plot hole that I realized. Did Atlas not realize that his Gandalf sword is missing? You said I could hold it. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize the Gandalf sword. You didn't say I had to put it back down. I'm I'm interested in the long-term storyline, but the immediate fate of Ponzami and Daikaiju. They never got their pay cut. I like to think that Ponzami and Daikaiju... And John Elrod all formed their own little Legion of Doom to hunt down the gang that fucked them over. And they never will find us. Do you have any hints for what is next as I disappear into the Earth Hotel, taken hostage by the strange creature? I guess back to the void, or are y'all free we're from the void? void? Or are you taking that? Well, we're in, we're in a Whataburger. The, the Whataburger at the end of the universe. Uh, I realize that some people will say, why not Shake Shack? Why not in and out? Well, because neither of those are here, and uh, honestly, we got a Shake Shack. Cause fuck it, I don't care about Shake Shack. No, because Whataburger's better. Keep your eyeballs and your earballs peeled for whatever comes next as we traverse these magical airwaves that go out from amongst this computer that we're sitting in front of. And if you want to hear the exploits of whatever happened to me after. I got sucked back into the Earth Hotel. Then you can check out the Earth Hotel. The inner lobby is starting in March. I'm going to be doing weekly episodes of the stories from within the ever-winding hallways and such. All right. Well, if that's it, uh, remember you can find us on Twitter at WTIICast. 
the same on Instagram. You can find us each individually on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Dottie's Turn on both Instagram and Twitter. It's VidCaptainDash on Twitter. And then DF Holman on Instagram. Alex, it's Alex Chana on Twitter and Alex Terrestrial on Instagram. And then you can find me, the Shred Pirate Roberts, and the Shred Pirate on Twitter. You can also, I'm streaming again. I just finished Last of Us. Nice. And I'm going to finish the Left Behind DLC. And then I'm going to get on the Resident Evil train. But I'm going to start Resident Evil 1 and then do 2, skip 3 because they don't have it on PS4, and then go 4, 5, 6, and then 7. And if anyone wants to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, I am almost done with the game, and I love to talk about I'll it. Oh, that's your girl. And uh, I probably won't be on the upcoming episodes for a while. I've, I've got a lot of uh, medical stuff to take care of this year, along with other stuff. Dottie's and, becoming a doctor. And a married person. You have, you have, yeah, congratulations. You, yeah, you're becoming a married person and also a cyborg. They're going to put metal teeth in my mouth, and I hope they can just leave them chrome so I can someday play Son of Jaws. I think you can request that, or at least like cause a scene like John Q, like Denzel Washington and John Son Q, cause a scene Jaws. in the hospital. Son of Jaws. So, yeah, just chant. We can. Son of Jaws. Jaws. But uh, yeah, uh, holler at us. And make sure you listen to who? 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 who?